and gentlemen, welcome back to the Demo Tape Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube. Remember, after you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the show as well. Let me know how I'm doing. Remember, it's not hating if you tell the truth. Got a special episode today. You know, NFL is back. So I got a slew of NFL topics and I got a guest joining me from way out in L.A. Rams fanatic on Twitter, my man and uh, fellow veteran himself, Monroe, my man Monroe, Keon Monroe. What's going on, Monroe? What's up, man? It's Keon. Coming at you with the Rams hits, with the NFL hits, and really anything else you need to know. What's up? Oh, chilling, man. So how you been? How you been ever since, uh, you know, you got out and everything, living out in L.A.? How's every how's life treating you? Man, it's been, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been great. Uh, <laughs> so uh, for the, the guests that don't know me, uh, I was in the military for eight years in the Air Force. I crossed paths with uh, Demetrius at my first base in Texas. Uh, but I got out last year, uh, had a rocky military career. But it turned out being great. Got out honorably. Uh, got my benefits. Went to school, uh, and now I just got stepped into dental hygiene school. So I'll be starting that August nineteenth. It was always something I wanted to do. It would be really hard for me to do in the military, but now that I'm out, got the freedom to kind of do what I want. Uh, so I live in LA for a year, kind of on the outskirts. Realized that LA is cool. Like I love it. I love the scenery. Uh, I love some of the scenes, but I'm not really an LA type of dude. Uh, really? That's interesting. What you say? I said that's interesting that you that you're living out there and it's not for you. I don't think it's for me either. I I went out there for a day or so. Well, well a day. Well, well, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the lifestyle of LA is is upbeat. Uh, and so coming to California, I'm not gonna lie, I'm thinking hella laid back. They say you know everyone's free to be who they want to be. But really, you're free to be in whatever box that they want you to be in. You know, I won't get too far into that. But, you know, <laughs> everyone out here is the same. They expect you to be the same. And then people are hella flashy. Yeah. Hella, you know, all up in your face. Like, ooh, look at me, VIP and whatnot. So it, it took me a little bit to get used to it. But I just moved to Long Beach this month. Long Beach is way more with the vibes that I'm in. Way more relaxed. Uh, lots of diversity. Uh, good young adults and it, it's cool I, I really like it out here in Long Beach I'll probably be here for at least two years uh, while I'm in school and we'll see where we go from there so it was just pretty much where you moved at, at first in LA that, that you didn't that didn't sit well with you it was just where you were at within the city not the city itself because sometimes it is like that well, well yeah and, and one thing you don't realize about LA because you think oh I'm in LA like every city city in LA is its own entity of itself yeah. So what, where I was at particularly was Arcadia, right? Most people yeah. don't even know where that is. It's in LA uh, County, but it's uh, it's a big, big Asian area, right? They had the Asian internment camp uh, after Pearl Harbor and whatnot within the area that I lived in, and so they pretty much had that whole area taken over. And I got nothing against Asians, but it just wasn't diverse. It was yeah. all Asian. It wasn't yeah. very many blacks. It wasn't very many white. And I had never been in an environment like that. My school was all Hispanic Asian. So really, I mean, I was an eyeball. Even white people were eyeballs. I've never been in an environment where, you know, white and blacks were the minority. So it was just, it was a culture shock, for 
real. But I mean, it wasn't bad. It just was something I wasn't used to. Okay. Well, happy to see that everything is going well for you. You're adjusting to your LA lifestyle. Long Beach sounds like it's going to be the move for you. And with that, we're off, man. We got a lot of NFL topics. What I really want to talk to you about, because I know um, on top of being a Rams fan, you're really passionate about the NFL in general. So I also want to pick your brain uh, about that. Uh, first thing I want to talk to you about is the state of the NFL running back. So Zeke's holdout. Um, a lot of people have a lot of opinions because Zeke has two less, two years left on his deal that he's currently in right now. Dak's in the last year of his deal and Amari's in the last year of his deal. People are saying that the running back position has been devalued. Running backs are a dime, of, a, dime a dozen. And um, they're basically saying that Zeke is overplaying his hand. That's what radio, people in radio, sports media, and things of that are saying. And I just want to know, what do you think on that? What is, what is your opinion on the state of the running back position? Do you believe, one, that it's been devalued or that it is devalued? And two... Do you believe that Zeke is well within his right to hold out for uh, a contract ex- adjustment? Okay, so first I'm going to talk about specifically Zeke, right? Yeah. Because uh, Zeke is different than the rest of the running back. Yeah, I agree. Zeke, right? But he's had a slew of off-field uh, controversy. I'm not even going to say issues or problems. He just has controversy off-field. And that can be used as leverage. And nothing that he's really doing is helping himself. Uh, at this point in time, and he probably sees that. He's probably like, man, let me get my money now because when I talk, talk to the bigger picture of running backs, uh, it is important. But as far as Zeke, I think he is uh, overreaching. He's, he's cutting his line, cutting in line, as people would say. Uh, I think that, that Zeke definitely uh, should wait at least a year before. I think, I think it is too early for Zeke. Um, as far as the overall position of running back, I think for sure it's de- it, it, it shouldn't be devalued the way it is. Uh, from a player's perspective, as a running back, your best probably year three, year four, year five. Really, those are your most explosive years. Those are the years where, you know, year one, you're kind of learning how to read, you know, pass protect and whatnot. Uh, unless you're like Saquon, you come out just a beast right away. Uh, <laughs> and then year two, year three, year four, or uh, year five, those are your best years. Okay, so those are the years that obviously with the new CBA and the fifth year option, right? They can have you for five years, franchise tag you on the sixth year, right? Yeah. And then and franchise you again in the seventh year. Yeah, if, if they want to. Yeah. Uh, of course, you would make a ton of money that year, but you don't have long term security. Security, exactly. Exactly. Because they're getting beat and battered and bruised, right? And so for me, I'm about the players getting paid as long as they can. The NFL can structure the salary cap. But from the owner's perspective, uh, I heard Urban Meyer talking to uh, Colin Cowherd, and he's pretty much saying, you know, three years ago, four years ago, if you ask him, you want the top running back in the nation or the top receiver in the nation, most people are going to take the top running back back then, right? But now, with the way offenses are, uh, you're, you're better off taking the top receiver, and the reason why is I disagree. With, with the top running back, you can stack the boxes and whatnot, and then you know if it's regular receivers, you can put corners on them, right? As a receiver, if you're a top receiver, the cornerback, if he's just not good enough, there's nothing the cornerback can do. So you have to double cover him, and you take a safety, put him over there, and now you're opening it up more often. Yeah, but that's the same. That's but you you basically what you just stated. Was the same thing. It's just the position commands a different level of respect 
You know what I mean? So basically, with a running back, you're putting eight in the box or receiver, you're shading coverage his way and things of that nature, putting guys underneath. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, man. I mean, I... Relatively, it, it is... I, I agree with you to an extent, but the, the thing is, with, with the running backs, the offensive line has to be there, too. Obviously, but the offensive line has to be there for the quarterback to be well, and 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 I think the offensive line is a bit overstated because we've seen running backs succeed with subpar offensive lines in the NFL historically. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you have a good offensive line, that's not bad. Obviously, you know, what I mean, I mean, okay, I, I agree with you, but I don't know, man. But well, go ahead, I'm I mean, sorry for, for sure. But 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 the biggest thing that you can look at is how C.J. Anderson was able to succeed. see. Okay, so, I'll, I'll address that later. Go ahead. Uh, What'd you say? No, I'm going to address that in a minute after. I'm sorry. I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. So, so yeah, no, it's cool. The, the, because of our scheme, CJ and no, CJ Anderson is nowhere close to good as Gurley. And, and when it comes to Gurley's money, he deserves every penny. Before he got the money, he had 20 touchdowns, right? After he got the money, 20 touchdowns. Come on. That dude deserves all the money that he got, and I hope he continues to produce. I think to, to say that we overpaid him right now is too soon. Now, as far as C.J. Anderson, like you said, it was almost a plug-and-play. You cannot plug-and-play a receiver like Odell Beckham or Julio Jones. There is no plug-and-play. And I'm not saying that C.J. Anderson is a direct replacement for Todd Gurley, but, I mean, you saw that he was just as productive in the offense. Okay. Um, I agree with... I guess some, I guess I, we agree on one thing. At the very beginning of what you said, you said that Zeke is an outlier from the rest of the running backs. And I agree. All right. And that's pretty much basically what I'm going to shape my whole argument around. Because we have this idea, and I lament it, and I lament it, and I lament it. And I'm going to lament it here again. That somehow, by the fact, just based off what the position is, quarterback is the most valuable position, right, to the football team. And I think... Right. That's the case, and, and and the examples that people use are so absurd because they use all-time great quarterbacks to prove why quarterback is the most valuable position. And I'm saying, no, because in the league, you're overpaying guys like Kirk Cousins, like Derek Carr, like Andy Dalton, and you're not, you don't want to pay guys like Zeke because you want to say things like, okay, the running back, the running back, by the time he's age 28, he's on his way out. Be that as it may, that's fine. When you drafted Zeke, Zeke was 21. From 21 to 28, that's seven years of a Hall of Fame level running back that can lead you to a Super Bowl. I believe that I don't, I'm so frustrated because I don't understand. I understand the philosophical and conceptual change the NFL has undertook, right? It's, they, teams want to throw the ball. Fans want to see throws. I get that. But football is still football, right? 100 yards long. 53 and a half yards wide. And at the end of the day, and you still play 15-minute quarters. You still need to get, what, 10 yards as a first down. And having a, a running back like Zeke or Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell is a surefire way to get your team to the NFC Championship and be playing January, February football. Do you disagree with me on that? If you want to play, you can't go wrong having one of those guys in your backfield. I 100% agree. And, 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 and to a greater point, like you said, you made a really good point. Eight years and a running back is pretty much done, right? Even though they got Hall of Fame numbers. And it's the, the biggest thing is the new CBA, right? Because you, are, you, couldn't, you can't pay them these big-time rookie contracts. Yeah. Even if they are deserving of that money, because you, you don't know if they're going to be a bust or not. That's true. You know what I'm well, that's, that's the player's fault. They should have never accepted that. 
The players should have never accepted the rookie scale contract because if the players could still get those large, massive deals, we're probably not even having this discussion right now. If Zeke was able to sign for what he thought he was worth coming out, we probably don't have this discussion. Exactly. It, 100%. And, so it, and, to, and like you said with the quarterback, man, these guys are going 15 years. So, and, and the quarterback, a lot of it is mental, more so than it is their physical play. And so they're, they're not going to, you know, man. they're not going to decline like the running back stand. But they do. And it's, like, and it's like this. You play the, listen, Monroe, you watch the game. You're a fan of the LA Rams. I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We watch players play, coaches coach, owners, some of them own. And the idea is we're rooting, for, we as fans root for a champion. Players trying to coach champions. Owners want to own a championship team. You're not playing this game just for stats or whatever. And, and, my, and my point I'm trying to make is, yes, you guys, we say quarterbacks last for so long. But a quarterback, in reality, even a good one, is not really giving you that championship window like you think you have. Because if you look at all the years of Drew Brees, there's, they haven't been legit like every year contender, year after year after year. If you look at a lot of good quarterbacks, some years they miss the playoffs, some years they make the playoffs. Obviously, if you have a Peyton Manning, if you have a Tom Brady, okay, that's different. They, well, Tom Brady also has a great coach. And my point is this. I'll give you all the knocks you want to say about running back position. It wears down fast. You know, guys, you, you know, guys take a lot of hits. That's fine. But he's a, the running back in a specific, a running back like Zeke, a running back like Todd Gurley, a running back like Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to put Melvin Gordon in there because I don't think Melvin Gordon's on that list put yet. Put Saquon in there. Put Kamara in there. Those okay, well, Saquon, I'm not going to put Kamara in there because he's primary a pass catching back. I'm talking about guys that can catch the ball and run the ball 25 times. My thing is this, Monroe, 300 touches. 300 touches in a season, that's quarterback touches. Do you understand? Do you realize some quarterbacks get, like, like Carson Wentz last year had 279, four, I mean, 401 attempts. That's 401 touches, per se. If you give Le'Veon Bell 402 touches, uh, I seen um, back back in the days when, when Larry Johnson for the Chiefs was going on, he had got over 400 touches. My thing is this, if you're going to, it doesn't matter how long the guys last. What matters is how good they are how good they make your team is your team playing January and February football with this player. And that's all that matters, dude. You pay Zeke, no, I, I, run Zeke I, until Zeke can't play anymore, win a couple Super Bowls, and let that be that. Like, when Zeke is done, let him go. But while he's in his prime, pay him and use him. Don't try to devalue him based on his position because you don't devalue the quarterback based on his position. And a lot of these quarterbacks, let's just say it. Remember, they suck. They just suck. They're not good, and, and teams... Pay them so much money, you. It's hard for you. Todd, I mean not Todd Gurley. Ezekiel Elliott and Le'Veon Bell have to hold out. Le'Veon Bell has to sit out an entire year. But Mike Glennon goes to Chicago and gets like 20, 15, 20 million guaranteed, and he doesn't. He hasn't even won any games. Like you got to help him. You got to help me make it make sense, man. No, no, no. I, I agree. It, the the market definitely has to reset itself somehow for quarterback. Like said, the problem is just the CBA and construct the, the contractually they're obligated to pay them at the time, I guess, depending on where they think they're going to go and where they are in their career. They can abuse running backs. Owners can do that, and that's what they want to do to have the, can construct the best team that they need to construct. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. with special errors that they have in the CBA. So I do agree with you, and you're right. I mean, those, those are really good points as far as how many touches that they get and whatnot. I mean, you're, you're right. I, that's why I, I truly believe Ty Gurley deserved all the money that he got. You know, I'm I'm not saying don't pay them. I'm just saying from an owner's perspective, what they want to do is get their money's worth 
you know, and, and pretty much, you know, use them. I mean, I, I, I hope that they fix the salary cap somehow. I really do. I just and, don't and, understand how a position can be undervalued when and I and, and and I guess I get it for other teams and other philosophies, but with the Dallas Cowboys, it just doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense with any team that has a great running back. You, it just the, I've always told you this, me and you. I remember when uh, Chip Kelly traded LaShawn McCoy and all those good players, and I was getting mad because, and I, I've always believed this, and I'm going to say it again, and I've told you that, I told you this then. The league is about players. Pro sports is about talent and players. If you don't have talent players, you cannot win. So if you have a Zeke that can go get you 1600 and then go get you another 600 catching out of the backfield, you pay him because he's doing something that nobody else can do. Your quarterback at his position does not do what Zeke does at his position. They're, they're not even comparable. And to try to, man, to try to, and to try to, to try to, try to say things like running back is devalued. I just don't like that, man. Because at the end of the day, like I said, football is still football. And yes, a running back's career may be shorter, but the level that they can play at, for quarterbacks, you're right. For the long haul, you're right. You pay the quarterback, obviously. But man, if you got a young running back that's a stud dude, man, you better, man, pay that man, ride that man. Ride him. Ride him. And win Super Bowls, man. Huh? No, no, I'm listening. Yeah, I mean, I just think the proof is in the pudding. I think if you look at Seattle with Marshawn Lynch, I think it's there. I think if you look at, well, there's, and I want to say this, there's a caveat. There are many ways to win. But the, but the way to win with the running game and allowing the quarterback to develop over time is not antiquated. You don't need the number five overall pick quarterback with the 6'5 stature and the rocket arm because a lot of those guys, they bust. They bust. It's a fact, man. Quarterbacks, like... Ah, but we're going to get into the quarterbacks but, a little bit later, but, but quarterbacks but, but, bust. But the argument is, like you said, like you said, when's the last great running back to lead his team to a Super Bowl? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I would say Marshawn Lynch. There. I mean, it really was a defense, but. Okay, you're, you're talking about how many years ago? Okay, I mean, but Zeke is one right now. Zeke is one right now. He's not He's not leading his team to win. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Honestly, I think you're taking a little bit of credit from coaching. If you look at what happened with John McVay and how he turned us around, you know. I think Todd Gurley balances your offense. He allows y'all to control the clock. The running back can do so many things by the definition of his position that if he's great, that that can affect the game. A running back can literally control the clock, bro. Nobody, the quarterback can't even control the clock the way the running back can. As great as I think Todd Gurley is, if you watch our season highlights, oh, yes, oh, the play action this, play action that. Our highlights is golf throwing that ball all over the fucking field. Okay, I really think that people, and I'm not saying it's all golf, it's a lot of scheme, it's a lot of coaching. Gurley is involved. Gurley is a supreme talented back, but it really is, it's, it's all 11 on the field. And that coach I agree. is just so important. I agree. So important, man. I agree. But with, well, since you brought up Todd Gurley and since you brought up Jared Goff, allow us to switch to our second topic. Uh, you've seen the NFL Top 100 list? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so what, did you have any thoughts? What are your thoughts about it? I think you, earlier you texted me, we were talking, and you said that you weren't happy with Jared Goff's position. Well, no, I, I was I was definitely happy with oh. uh, his his position. Oh, okay, it, it okay. It was more so his presentation. The presentation was just whack. Uh, like, for a lot of the other players, they got, like, multiple players to speak on their behalf and whatnot. Oh, uh, you mean in the video? For Goff, they had just Rams speaking on his behalf. And and then they they were showing the, the, the uh, they showed the Vikings game which was legit. I mean, because Kirk Cousins came and told golf uh, that was the best performance I've seen in my eight years playing the position. But um, 
Yeah, no, his presentation was just whack. They should, I think they should have talked more about what we did against the Saints. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think that Carson Wentz was extremely low on the, on the, on the list. I don't. I think Carson uh, Wentz is right where he should be based on what he's accomplished at this point to his career. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it, the, the crazy thing with his top 100. Is it based on what you think they're going to do next year? Is it based on what they did last year? Is it based on their entire career? You know, we don't really know the criteria. I guess it's based on a, a year-to-year basis. So what they did last year. Yeah, because when I'm looking at it right here, it, they have their last year's previous ranking. So it's right. based on last year. So, so Okay, so then I thought Cam Newton was extremely low. I mean, t- to me... Carson Wentz last year was three. And coming off the season that he had with the AC, the, before the ACL injury, if you want to judge that season, his team was riding high. He was arguably the MVP. So I understand why he's three. He dropped back down to 96 because he didn't play well last year, man. I don't know why, like, everybody, Carson Wentz, yes, he was five and six in his starts. Five and six. Yeah, he had good good passing numbers, 69%, 21-7. But he, he, the games, man, it's about winning games, and they didn't win games. And he got hurt again. So the, I, I think it's fair that he dropped. Yeah, I mean, I, so so here's wh- where where I'm confused at all. If you got uh, if, if you're asking me who's better, you know, Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins, I'm it's gonna Cam say Newton. Cam Newton. I'm yeah. gonna say Carson Wentz is better than Kirk Cousins. Carson Wentz is better than right? Kirk Cousins. Well, actually, but, I don't know that. I don't know that. On the list. I don't know that. No, I don't know that Carson Wentz is better than Kirk Cousins. Actually, I don't know that. I don't think you know that at this point. I mean. Based off what I've seen, I would say so. But like I said, it's just it's hard to tell based on the list. I, it, it's confusing because we don't really know what the criteria is. They're basing it off the, you know the previous mean? season. They're clearly I'm well, looking at well, the yeah, rankings. I mean, but like I said, who's better, Carson Wentz or or Kirk Cousins? Yeah, but who had a better season last year, Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins, you could argue, had a better season. Dude threw for. Uh, he had 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 70% completion. So, I mean. So then, what was Kirk Cousins? Did he have a better year than Baker Mayfield? Uh, yeah, I would say so, but Baker was a rookie. But okay, Baker was a but rookie. Baker Mayfield is higher than him on there. Because Baker Mayfield, and exactly. When I read that, it, listen, man, with quarterback, you, we always just trying. Remember when RG3 came in the league? And, I, and I'll admit, I got caught up in it too. Because I was all, I'm here for the mobile quarterback. I'm here for the guy that they say can't do what he did at college and put up the video game numbers on the college level. I'm here. I'm here for the guy trying to do it on the pro level. And but we tried to crown RG three after his first season in Washington. Where's RG three now? Right. Exactly. So I'm saying we have to. We, you were saying that over time quarterbacks don't break down. The game for them is more mental. That's what you were saying earlier when we were comparing the position to running back. And I agree with you. And with that being said, I'm saying I want to see the development of Baker Mayfield over time. Last year was a was a little splash. He came in, you know, he he was the the new rookie guy, underdog, walk on twice, number one pick. But coach didn't the coach didn't really want me to start. But I'm here. He he kind of galvanized the guys. I'm not gonna de- I'm not gonna deny that at all. From the moment, I would, matter of fact, I think me and you, we, well, we were uh, tweeting or communicating over Twitter when he made his first start, when he came in the game. And you could see, right? You would agree. He changed the way that they played from the moment he came on the field. But what I'm saying is I want to see him do it again because now defensive coordinators are trying to stop him. They're trying to, they're trying to study him. They're looking at him. They say, okay, when Baker scrambles, he makes this scramble pattern. When he does this, he does that. You know what I mean? He's getting game planned against now. He's not, he's not a rookie with no tape. And I think we just need to wait and see. And we rush a lot with these young quarterbacks because we want to be, we want quarterbacks to be great because it's, I don't know, the, the glory, the, the glory position. 
but we need to wait, man. We need to wait on Baker. Fifty is way too high for Baker. I, I, look, look, look. I, I'm not exactly. That's. I'm. I'm talk. I'm not talking about Baker Mayfield. I'm just talking about the top 100. Yeah. And where they're ranked at. Yeah. It's confusing to me. Uh, like I said, Deshaun Watson. I think he's better than Baker, but he's ranked. You know, it, it's not. It, it doesn't seem like it's based on stats because. I mean, Brandon Cooks isn't even on the top 100. <laughs> Robert Woods is, right? Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks have practically the same numbers. So it, it, I see what you're I saying. I don't know 100%. And James Conner's on here. With, He's, he, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's all. I'm just a little confused. I'm happy that golf is 32. Do I think golf is the eighth, eighth best quarterback in the NFL? No, I think he's somewhere between 10 and 12. That's kind I don't of even think I, he's in the top ten, man. But you keep trying to convince me that he is. What you say? I try to convince you that he is. You try to convince me that he's good because, like I said, I heard when I was watching the games oh, no, last year they were saying we'll that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get to my rant. <laughs> okay. He, he's good. I just don't think that he. I think he's between. I think he's between eight and twelve. That's, okay. That's my range. All right. And, you know, flip flopping whoever you want to flip flop. But yeah, as far as the list goes, I think Eddie Jackson's place really good on here. I like Eddie Jackson's placement. Because last year he had a real impactful rookie season, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's good. <laughs> George Kittle went off. Uh, I thought that Russell was a little lower than than I expected. I thought he'd be higher up in the list. Uh, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is too high. Nah, I'm a big Odell fan. So I'm not I'm biased there. I'm not. Um, I think Odell's going to. We'll get to it, but I I don't see the same things what you guys see in Odell. So that so. That's it, then. So you don't have any other issues with the the hundred list. That's it. No other issues. All right, man. So before we get into our next topic, I want to pause for a second to remind everybody that if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to the Demo Tape Pod, the Demo Tape Podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube. Just search Demo Tape Podcast. All right, man. So moving on, let's go ahead and talk about the NFC West. The prognosis. What's the prognosis, man? You got the young gun, Kyler Murray in your division. You got Seattle, who's always tough. You got San Francisco, who many people are thinking is going to make a huge jump this year and be a competitive team. And then as well, the NFC champion, uh, division-winning NFC West defending champion, say uh, LA Rams. So what you got, man? Well, first of all, let's get into a little deep dive on the Rams. Okay, so this whole offseason, the media has been shitting all over my Rams, right? Uh, it's Todd Gurley's knee. It's golf under pressure. It's Belichick's got the blueprint for the Rams, this, that, and the third, right? Yeah. Uh, I need to remind everyone, if we were second in scoring last year, uh, two, the past two years in a row, we have outscored the entire NFL. Uh, what McVay has done is, is unprecedented, okay? And so let me go back to the no call, okay? Everyone's bitching and crying about the fucking no call. Well, really, there were a lot of no calls in that game. <laughs> for uh, real. From start to yeah. Uh, number me, one, sorry. what people don't realize, uh, golf, his headset wasn't working in the first half. He had to wear the backup quarterback's uh, helmet, right? Uh, then uh, the crowd was insane. In credit to Saints fans, but Saints fans were in the in the crowd blowing whistles, which is illegal, right? You can't blow whistles during the game to stimulate a false uh, 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 dead play, right? Out of control, Gurley. Did not have a good mental game. And this is something that we've seen from Gurley before. Um, if you think back to the Falcons game, uh, when we were in the playoffs uh, the previous year, Gurley had, he had a decent game on the ground. He had a few drop passes. 
in bigger games, Gurley drops the ball, okay? Uh, so what happens the first drive of the game, Goff throws it to Gurley, he drops it, they, they pick him off. Never one, oh, his knee, his knee. Um, that was his hand. You know, later on in the game, he has another drop pass. It's just a mental thing with Gurley with, with drop balls. He still got in the end zone during the game, uh, and he still ran excellently against the Cowboys. I was at that game. I was watching him cutting and running all over the field. Okay, Super Bowl, we were out coached. McVay admits it over and over again. I've watched tape after tape showing the deficiencies in our offense. Goff did not have his best game. The Bill Belichick absolutely confused Goff. I mean, he's the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> and the one thing that McVay did not do was self-scout. McVay watched, and he admitted, he watched every single Patriots game for the past two years when he was on break, trying to dissect their offense or their defense. What Sean McVay should have been doing is watching some of their later games and watching what teams did against us, a.k.a. the Bears, the Eagles, and the Lions the teams that we had the biggest struggles with. Why? Because our center was a liability. Mm. He would get blown up by big defensive tackles like Fletcher Cox, who would just blow him up. Uh, and the Bears, who were running quarters coverage with a bare front so that uh, we run a lot of 11 personnel. And 11 personnel is typically a passing personnel, right? But we run the ball a lot out of that, and Gurley is a great zone runner. So what defenses were doing, or what the Bears did and what the Patriots would do, other than run disguises, was run a bare front with huge defensive tackles to isolate our weakness on the, on the line uh, with our, our center and one of our guards, isolate them, blow up the play before Gurley can get running, and then they were running quarters coverage behind it. So we couldn't get the big chunk plays like we always do. And so with, with that being said, we got rattled. McVay has made it over and over again. I read an article today. McVay straight up said he blew it. He did not look at how teams are trying to attack us. He did this offseason. So I'm looking forward, okay? So I just did a, 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 a recap on the past. Looking forward, what well, I'm expecting, A, we drafted Daryl Henderson. It's not because we're freaking out about Todd Gurley's knee. Todd Gurley's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. Todd says he feels great. Obviously, he has a little bit of arthritic arthritis in his knee what running back doesn't they i have it a little bit in my knee for real i have arthritic back and i ain't never played it down in the nfl (laughs) exactly and and, but but if you but i can go out there and run yeah i still play football i play flag football in some leagues out here right uh obviously i'm not taking the contact that Gurley is taking but i think we're going to manage his workload okay so with daryl henderson i went to camp we're going to be running jet sweep still getting him the ball in space also passing the ball, giving them kind of an Alvin Kamara or a, 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 a Chris Thompson role like McVay had when he was in Washington. If anybody remembers, he got the running back involved in the passing game that wasn't their primary back at the time. So uh, at receiver, we got continuity. Cooper Cup is back. I watched him at camp. He's running, and he's looking great. He's a fantastic receiver. And, and really, we lost when we lost him, Josh Reynolds is not as good as Cooper Cup. And so teams were able to uh, uh, put their best corners on our, our two outside guys, and Reynolds was not beating uh, the other cornerbacks on matchups. With Cooper Cup, it's going to open up a whole slew of things. 
before he got hurt, he led the league in touchdowns. I think people don't remember that. Uh, he was beating up on Anthony Barr. He was beating up on the Chargers when we played them. Cooper Cup's a stud, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Golf is getting better. And, and the one thing that trips me out is that people just assume that golf isn't get better. They assume quarterbacks don't get better. No, they like, do. That's the whole. That's what happen. I. That's what I was alluding to earlier. What I was saying. I want to see the long game when we talk about Baker Mayfield a bit. I want to see how exactly. you develop over years. So I. Lamar. I'm sorry, Lamar. Oh yeah, yeah, him too. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, but go ahead. Give it some time. You're right. Uh, uh, you got to give it some time. But golf has gotten better every single season, right? We thought he was a bust his first year, uh, and he he's gonna get better. The offense is gonna get better. The defense has gotten better. Okay, Lamarcus Joyner at safety was an absolute liability. The reason the Saints got back in the game is because he gave up a deep ball to Ted Ginn. Because the dude is too short. Okay, Lamarcus Joyner was a liability. Eric Weddle is such a stud. If you listen to Peters and Talib, right, who are our veterans in the league, especially Talib, he says he's never seen a player like Eric Weddle before. The things that Eric Weddle can do, he can switch them in and out. I, when I was at camp, I watched him put Nikel Roby Coleman at safety while he went down in the nickel. That's something that we don't ever do. But because Weddle knows what he's doing, he's He's, a, he's just a coach in the field. If you listen to McVay, you listen to the players talk, he's a coach on the field. Yeah, uh, Matthews, Marcus Peters is still a liability, though, because that game against the Saints, y'all needed that. He gave that joint up over the top to Michael Thomas, and that was ugly. You, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so first game, yeah, early on in the season, what happened was Tlaib went out, Wade Phillips, not knowing Tlaib is a, uh, uh, Peters is a zone corner, tried to have— How could Wade Phillips—wait, wait, 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 let me stop you, let me stop you. How does Wade Phillips not know that that Peters is his own corner and he's coaching the guy? And they traded for the yeah, guy. Or he signed there in offseason, right? Or did y'all trade for him or did he sign? Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips came out and said this. He said, look, I got to put my guys in the best position to win, right? And he admits that his issue was he got put Peters into Lee's role. Now Peters is a starting cornerback. We're going to use him like the starting cornerback in my scheme instead of adapting his scheme to be more Peters-friendly. That's just what happens when you have injuries. So Peters was out of his element. And when he was getting beat by by Thomas, he was out of his element. And he wasn't – he's not a shut-down, lockdown cornerback in that aspect to be moving and following Thomas all over the field. And granted, it looks like Thomas had a great game, and he did have a great game. He did have a great game. He, he had a, a, an amazing game. But Pete, if you watch the highlights for most of the plays, Peters was right there on him. He was right there. But Breeze was making the throws. Thomas making a catch. Guess what? When we played in the NFC Championship, Thomas had four catches for 36 yards. Why? Because Wade had a better feel of our defense. He knew uh, where Peters was more comfortable. We had to leave, so we didn't have to match him up all over the field. We double-teamed Michael Thomas. We played appropriately. If you're a star receiver, you need star receiver treatment. He's not Darrell Revis. We can't just put him on the island all day. And what cornerback? There's not a lot of cornerbacks that can do that besides Gilmore. Uh, Ramsey, Peterson, that can just trail these top receivers and do that. So I'm not worried about our secondary at all. Okay. I think that we're going to be even better this year. I'm predicting the Rams will go, I want to say, 12-4. and four. I'm giving us a loss to your Steelers. No, I, that's uh, ironic. I'll, I'll tell you why that's ironic later. <laughs> go ahead. The, the Falcons, and then I'm going to give it to one of Seattle or uh, San Fran will get us on one split. That's my prediction. So you said 12-4? and four. Yeah. Okay. And so you don't have any other prognosis for the 
uh, Seattle Seahawks, none of that at all. So, yeah, so so as far as the Seahawks, uh, Cardinals, and Niners, I'm not going to go deep dive, right, because I've talked ahead off on all of them. But uh, I think that, obviously, when you have Seattle, when you have Russell Wilson, he gives you guys a chance, or he gives them a chance, right? The, the X factor is, will Metcalf develop his receiver in the NFL? I doubt it. I don't yeah. think that dude, he is a freak. Yeah. But the dude can't run routes to save his life. <laughs> he's just too big. Yeah. Uh, and if, if Pete Carroll, if Pete Carroll decides to open up that offense, well, they have Brian Schottenheimer, who's a bum. He's the <laughs> offense coordinator for the Rams. In the Jets, too, yeah. right? I could swear he's offensive coordinator yeah. for the Jets, too. He's too old-fashioned. He's With Sanchez. Back, right? If whenever Seattle lines up five wide, that's when I'm scared. And they don't even have receivers. But I'm scared that they can throw it and Russell can run it, Right. If they can stop being so stubborn and just let Russell be the quarterback that he can be, uh, I think that they can be a much better team. But uh, I think that they'll probably be placed in the division. Uh, what do they make? So how many how many playoff teams aside from your Rams? How many play? Well, including your Rams, how many playoff teams come out of the NFC West? Because I don't think Arizona's going to be a playoff team at all. I don't even know if Kyler Murray is even going to pan out, but we'll see. I. I think we'll just have I think we'll just have one, and I think that the Cowboy uh, the the East will have two, and I think the North will have two. So I'm just going uh, it, it the Rams and then the and South will have one. The, the who the South NFC South because there's yeah, six yeah, playoff teams, yeah. so the NFC South will have one. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just one for the South. Um, it, as far as uh, the the 49ers, um, I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan's a genius. Like he oh, he's a genius! Oh, wow! I think the people in Atlanta, the people in Atlanta, have a lot, probably different opinion of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, hey, Kyle Shanahan can't control the fact that they got blitzing linebackers, you know, that aren't being blocked by Devontae Freeman when Julio Jones is running wide open down the fucking field <laughs> to blow that game open. To blow that game open, uh, and their defense has a lot too for how they formed in the second half. But that's neither here nor there. It's a play caller. Kyle Shanahan is a genius. I mean, when you're watching their highlights, people are wide open. It doesn't take much for playing that system when when uh, Kittle is running wide open because of the way that they uh, marry the run in the past. It's ridiculous. I think he's a better play caller than McVay. I don't think he's a better coach than McVay. I think the notion that he's a better coach than McVay is disrespectful uh, considering what McVay has done. But Shanahan, 100%, is an awesome play caller. And so it worries me every time we play them. Um, Aaron Donald just has to go off. Our defense has to do their thing. And then we're, we're, normally, we're, we're normally okay against them. Um, but I think that they will take a step forward. But, uh, you know, something like an 8-8 eight and eight type of 9-7 uh, and seven type of season, I think. Uh, pretty similar to the Seahawks. I think... It is them and the Seahawks will be neck and neck for second place. Wow! Uh, the Cardinals, so you think you think you guys are wow? You did say twelve and four. So you think you guys are you think you guys are four games better than the rest of anybody in your division? Right. Yep. The the, the Cardinals are scary. Uh, well, they're not scary. Uh, they, they, you just don't know what you're gonna get from them. I have no idea what Cliff Kingsbury is gonna do. I have no idea. I think Kyler seems like he's pretty talented, but I think a lot of big men in the NFL they're gonna you know mess up those throwing lanes and whatnot. I yeah. think he'll have some dynamic games. I think he'll have some fuck-up games. But, you know, I'm not predicting them any more than five games. 
You know? <laughs> uh, their their defense still isn't great. Um, their their line is getting healthier, but you know they got a lot of young skilled players. So that's kind of where I'm feeling at with uh, the Cardinals. All right, man. So, what do you think? What, what do you what do you think about the NFC North? I already heard you say that AFC North. I mean, I heard I already heard you say that you think your Rams are going to lose to the Steelers, my Steelers, my Steelers, which I find fascinating. So, what you got for the NFC AFC yeah, North? The, the <coughs> AFC North. Yes, is the the division we play this year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching, paying attention to the AFC North. It's been four years since we played them. Uh, so the Steelers, I think that the. They've got Mike Thomas, who's a great coach, regardless of what people say. Um, yeah. I, I think that, and they, they extended him. So clearly, Pittsburgh thinks he's a great coach. Well, we extended him. Uh, we extended him because to the end of Big Ben and the general managers. The general manager, Big Ben, and him all have contracts that expire in the same year. Yeah, well, for whatever reason, they kept him. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I think him. he's a good coach. I think that Big Ben's a beast. I think Juju is good. Uh, I think James Conner's fine. I think that the Steelers just. Until they proved, I mean, I know they made the playoffs last year. No, Until we didn't make the playoffs last year, actually. Yes, they didn't, right? Oh, no, okay. no. Okay, I thought you said we did. I was like, no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know y'all didn't make it last year, but the season was just a disaster. The way AB quit on them and whatnot. Um, uh, I, I think that the Steelers, they just have a winning culture. My, my prediction for the Super Bowl is actually Rams-Steelers. Uh, oh, wow. I think it would be a good one. I think the Rams win 28-21. Wow. But, uh, uh. Yeah. So for me, because um, um, I'm way like you with the Rams, I'm way heavily invested in Pittsburgh. I have us going thirteen and three. Um, Ooh. Yeah. I have us Sweep lose the division. Yeah, yeah. In our we, it, you say what? Sweep the division. Yeah. Well, I'm about to go through it with you. Uh, so I have us going thirteen and three. I think we're going to beat New England Monday night. I mean Sunday night. I think uh, we we beating New England last year in November was a mental hurdle for us. It was a mental hurdle for Mike Tomlin. It was a mental hurdle for all the coaches, the defense coordinator, everybody. We did it, and the Patriots are not better early. They're better late. So the fact that we beat them later in the season, it just, it's just bodes well for us. I think we're going to beat them opening night. Well, the first Sunday of the season. I think we're going to lose to Seattle because I think Seattle's going to be good, man. I don't know. You talking about Seattle's not going to make the playoffs. I don't know if I see that. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I think we're going to lose to Seattle. I think we'll beat San Francisco. Because I don't know what San Francisco is. I mean, you say Kyle Shanahan's a great play caller, but Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt. He hasn't proven much yet. I mean, he's played well in the games that he's played, but he hasn't played a lot of games. And you and once you play a lot of games, then there's more take for people. You get you get where I'm going. We're going to beat Cincinnati because Cincinnati's done. They lost A.J. Green for possibly the season. I know they're saying six to eight weeks, but he's got torn ligaments in his ankle, and that's just all bad. I think we're going to lose to Baltimore because Baltimore just plays us tough. They got a, they're, they're a tough team, tough offensive a scheme, tough defensive scheme. They're just gonna be tough. They're gonna be tough. First of all, I think Baltimore is gonna be tough for anybody to beat. Period. They're gonna be because just the way they're gonna play football is gonna be so much different from what everybody else is doing. That teams, I don't know if teams are gonna be prepared, but maybe they will be. I, you don't think their defense is gonna fall off a little bit? Uh, possibly. I think they got rid of some guys. They lost some guys. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah. But they're still Baltimore, man. Like I don't know. Baltimore's gonna be tough. I'll put it that way. Right. I think we'll beat the Chargers because we always beat the Chargers. We just do. Every time we play Chargers on Sunday night, we always beat them. So we're going to beat the Chargers. Uh, we'll beat Miami. We'll beat Indianapolis because we always beat them too. Even if it's a shootout, we beat them. I think we're actually going to lose to the Rams, believe it or not. Because that offense with McVay and all that scares me. And um, I think our defense, I don't know where our defense is going to be. We have young pass rushers. We have Joe Hayden. 
who made the big play against New England, which is why I think we're going to be fine this year against New England. Uh, we got some young guys in the secondary coming up, but we don't have a good secondary. I mean, a lot of teams don't, but we don't either. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see that improvement in our secondary this year. But I don't think – the Rams are too high-powered of offense, man. I don't think we're going to have – I don't think we're going to make – I don't think we're going to make that much improvement to be able to beat a team like the Rams. I think we'll beat Cleveland. I think we're going to beat Cleveland twice, as a matter of fact. I think I, think I have that. And then – Cincinnati, we're going to beat them. Yeah, we're going to beat Cleveland twice. We're going to beat Arizona, the Jets, and we're going to beat Baltimore. So the only losses I have, I think we're going to lose to Seattle. We're going to get a split with Baltimore, and we're probably going to lose to you guys, the Rams. But I have us going 13-3. and okay. You know what I mean? And the Browns, yeah. I have the Browns going 9-7 and seven because I don't know what the Browns are, man. And everybody's trying to tell me how great the Browns are going to be because of names on paper. And I'm like, no, right. they have to play. They have to play together. Baker and Odell are going to have to coexist and get along. Odell's going to have to be cool with the idea that some like some games he may not get, you know, triple digit yardage and multiple touchdowns because they have so many other guys and they have so many so much other talent on the team and the the game the flow of the game may dictate that the ball goes somewhere else and how is Odell going to be happy with that? I don't know. Rookie head coach, I don't believe in him. I don't know him. I haven't seen him. NFC North is not an easy division. We play tough football up there. There's some hellified coaches, Hall of Fame level, Super Bowl winning coaches. I don't know this guy. So I'm not, ah, people are putting so much on the Browns, man. I'm not with it. I think they lose to Tennessee. I, I think the Browns lose to Tennessee. I think they lose to the Rams. I think they lose to Seattle. I think they lose to New England. I think they lose to Denver. Um, oh, dang. I, oh, I gave a different schedule because I did have them beating us because my, me and my dad were talking about it. So best case scenario, I gave them a split at Pittsburgh, which I personally don't think is going to happen. But best case scenario, they beat us one time and I think they'll lose to Baltimore. I think I think they were split with Baltimore because I think just Baltimore is a tough team. I've said that already. The uh, I, I've already spoke on Baltimore. I think Baltimore is probably actually going to make the playoffs if they don't surprise everybody and win the division. And I think Cincinnati's a non-factor because they have Eddie Dalton at quarterback. Yeah, they have Tyler Boyd, but he's not AJ AJ Green. AJ Green's hurt, and I mean I just don't. Cincinnati's a joke right now. I, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean as far as the Browns. Uh, there is way uh, too much hype on them, for sure. I, I do agree that the hype train is, is out of control for uh, uh, the Browns. But I think that uh, I do think that Baker, Odell, and Landry can be fine. I'm not worried about any blow up between them. Odell, his his uh, uh, drama or whatever he's perceived for, it's just him being competitive. No. Like, if you are any athlete and you played and you're superbly talented. And your team is playing whack, you know what I mean? Then you're you're gonna be upset, and it's hard to hold back. And yeah, maybe he speaks a little bit out of turn with with, no. with some things when his interviews and stuff like that. But Baker, I think he's got the personality to be there with Odell and for them to kind of challenge energy. I mean, no, I disagree Odell with you, man, because Odell. In some of the biggest games, Odell has come up the smallest. And like you said about Todd Gurley, you put that up note. And to, for me, that's a big asterisk on Odell. Yeah, he's supremely talented. The game against Josh Norman, I know that was a couple years ago. But the game against Josh Norman was a pretty big game for the Giants. And he was beating Josh Norman and then dropping the ball. Because he was so competitive. BS, man. Catch the ball. The game against Green Bay, hold on. He touchdown against Josh Norman, though. He dropped the touchdown against Josh Norman. A wide open one. And he got a penalty against Josh Norman. He made another one. He's a human. Oh, he's a human. He dropped a wide open. Dude, come on. This is Odell Beckham. This is the guy that's known for the he catch. He another one. But he, he caught another one. He should have had two. And, st and stepped, over, stepped over him like AI. Listen, 
Listen, and then the, the Green Bay game, which is to this point in his career, his only playoff game, he shot the bed. I, I don't want to hear nothing from Odell. About what? Like, we're talking about, yeah. He I'm talking about how you judge a guy with his level of talent. Odell, listen, dude, you're a perennial pro bowler. When you stay healthy, you're a shoe in to make the pro bowl at your position. I get it. I get it. Show me you can buy into a winning culture or create or help create a winning culture and win football games. I don't care about your catch. I don't care about your hair. I don't care about the Met Gala. I don't care about your dogs. I don't care that you love L.A. I don't care that if you're gay or not gay. I don't care about any of that. I care about what you do between the lines. And sometimes between the lines, man, Odell's a head case. He doesn't always bring it when his team needs him. And I don't know if if him and Baker, because him and Baker have similar uh, personality types, that if Baker says, yo, this, uh, I don't know, let's say they're playing Pittsburgh or Baltimore or the Rams or Tennessee, who has a good defense, or New England, who has who, who always has creative defensive schemes, or Denver. And the, the game is dictating that maybe he check it down. And Odell's like, yo, man, I'm, I'm beating the coverage. I'm reading the coverage. I'm, I have it over the top. But Baker's like, I'm not throwing it over the top. I'm throwing it here, there, whatever. How, how, is, how is Odell going to deal with that? If they win, he's going to be fine. Bullshit. And, and like I Bullshit. Said, coming from a competitive... I'm not. I'm nowhere close to Odell's level. Nowhere close, right? And I go out there in my little flag league, and I be wide the fuck open. And I get mad, but if we're winning, you put that aside. Odell is a mature enough man where you we ain't seen him win in a long time. Exactly, and he hasn't committed, dude. And you see what he was doing? Listen, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. Larry Fitzgerald. Has not won a lot in his career. But Larry Fitzgerald has never been the problem Odell is. You trying to tell me Larry Fitzgerald is not competitive? We're talking about the legend, man. Larry Fitzgerald is a one-of-kind type of guy. So is Odell Beckham Jr. These are the people that you compare Odell Beckham Jr. to. You compare him to the Larry Fitzgerald. You compare him to the Jerry Rices, the T.O.'s. Yes, you do. He's yeah, T.O. He's more of a T.O. Yeah, but T.O.'s better than him because I get, I think T.O. Would, would, would be more about the team than Odell is. Nah. Man, you're crazy. You're crazy, man. So. Odell's gonna blow it in Cleveland. He's gonna. I love Issa B. Yeah. More about him than he is the team. And I'm not saying that. I still think he was a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. And I don't think he destroyed teams that the way Skip tried to make it seem. But he 100 percent uh, is more of a team player than To. Based off of everything. I don't agree. I don't agree. And we're gonna see in Cleveland because it's this is gonna test Odell. Cleveland is a test for Odell to see what he's made of. Because they have talent around him, he has a young quarterback around him. It's not Eli, and we all agree. I, I give him, I, I give Odell a pass for Eli because I believe Eli's trash. I thought Eli was trash for a while now, so I get it. I get the frustration. At the end of the day, you're in Cleveland now. You have talent now. What are you gonna do? And I think Odell is gonna shit the bed, and he's gonna make his way out to L.A. because he wants to be in L.A. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he makes his way out here too. I, w- I would love that. Oh wow! But. Uh, uh, definitely, um, yeah, no, I, I would love them out there. I think they're gonna be fine. I don't think they're gonna win a lot of games because I, again, it it's hard to win in the NFL. Okay, really so is. how many wins do you give them? The Cleveland Browns. I'm giving them. Uh, I, I said eight and eight. Okay, I, I said nine and seven. I I agree with you. I say best case scenario. I have their best case scenario, which is what I believe is their best case scenario, and that's a split at Pittsburgh and a split at Baltimore. Um, they're not gonna beat anybody that's really good. Because they have yeah, New England. I, I made a bet with uh, with Tim. He's a big Browns fan. Uh-huh. I think we beat the shit out of them. Yeah, you're going to. Yeah, it's not even going to be close. And we're going to find out really quickly what the Browns are because the first month of the season they played three time three primetime games. 
Like within the first world. Yeah, that's insane, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they're on primetime a lot. They play Sun they play Monday night. Then the week after that they play a Sunday night game. Right. Yeah, they play you yeah, they play the Rams on Sunday. They play the Jets on Monday night in a rematch of that game that was pretty good last year. And then Sunday night the next week and then they go to Baltimore at one and then they play San Francisco on Monday night. Yeah, I think night. they go one and two. I mean I, I during their first three, I think that they lose to the uh they lose to the Titans, they beat the Jets. Yeah. They lose the ring. Yeah, I have the. I, that's exactly what I have. I have. I, yeah, I have them losing to the Tennessee Titans because I think the Titans are a sneaky good team. I think the Jets. I think the Jets actually could be a, a problem for the Browns, believe it or not. Because you see, the Jets they don't have a whole bunch of turmoil right now. They just signed Odell Beckham Jr. They got another year of Sam Darnold developing. You know, they might be a team uh, that might be able to take the Browns. I. I just don't. I just think Odell is too much about himself. Uh, I know that sounds cliche, like older oh, receiver, but I. It's a detriment to the team because he's. You're, we're gonna see real quick. Watch. You're, you're predicting they're not gonna win a lot of games, so that's not gonna bode well either. Because you said if they're winning, well, you just said that they're not gonna be winning. So if they're not gonna be winning, then he's not gonna be happy. Yeah. True. So. True. Yeah, man. So, but good talks, man. I appreciate it. I hope hope to have you on uh, more during the season, just to get just to pick your brain and see uh, what you what you think about what's happening on the NFL season. Because I talk to you a lot. I mean, I talk to you, and I said. Or I think you might have listened to my last episode or what, whatever episode you listened to when I said that the NBA is surpassing the NFL. You said, no way. You Not said, even close. Yeah. Not even close. And I think Not it is. Close. I think the NFL. But I will say this. I will say this. There is nothing like the NFL, though. I will say that. Like, nothing. Not even European uh, Premier League soccer. Like, it's not the same as the NFL. The NFL is an amazing experience as a fan. And the only thing I don't like about the NFL is I don't like how they treat the players. I don't like the pay scale for these for the players. I don't like what the players get paid. I don't like how you draft a player and you could literally control his rights for seven years. I don't like the NBA. I don't like that they could do that in the NBA. I just don't like it. I think if you're gonna sign a guy to a contract, you know, I don't. The idea of franchise tag doesn't sit well with me. Of course, the Kaepernick thing didn't sit well with me. But that's the only thing about the, the actual sport itself is 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 alive and well. You know. Yeah, I mean. The sport is, and and you know the the money thing is undeniable. I mean, it, it's crazy uh, when we talk about like I mean, I just a little off topic. Oh, the men's women or the men's soccer team gets paid more than the women's soccer team, and it's really I mean because of the money that's being brought yeah. from it because of its popularity. Yeah. Uh, because we think that the men are better than the women. I mean, they would beat the one one. Yeah, but the men aren't better than the women, though. I don't want to hear nothing about men. No, they're not. I'm yeah. not saying they're more. Women, <laughs> the men are terrible. The men are a joke. The men actually disgrace our country. To be honest with you, <laughs> they do. They do, man. And we need. I think. I, I meant to say this on the episode. I'm happy you brought this up because I meant to do this. I th- or maybe I did already say it. We don't need to root for the men anymore. Like we need to just root for the women because the women bring home the the trophies and the men don't. And we get. And and it's just hard, disheartening. We didn't even make the World Cup last year. Panama made it. Yeah. So I don't even want to hear. Like we're, dude. As big as the United States is, you tell me we can't field a soccer team to be at least top eight in the world. Playing football and basketball. Man, come on, dog. We got all these Mexicans and Cubans and Asians and all that. Man, we can't field a soccer team. Huh? That's crazy. You're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how can't we feel the soccer team? We got all these white kids that grow up playing soccer. Like nobody can play. Nobody wants to play. Not enough. Yeah, well, I see that because Germany and all those other European nations and South American nations, they be kicking our ass. Yeah. 
But anyway, but the NFL is bringing more money than the NBA. Ah, uh, well, uh, for now. But the NBA is going global, baby. Like they got China, they got some deal with some Chinese television network. It's going down, bro. Like the NBA is coming for the NFL quick. No one even plays fantasy basketball. Well, that's true. It's too many games. Honestly, that's true. My issue with the NBA is too many fucking games. I don't oh. watch until the playoffs. Yo, I'm so uh, annoying with the NBA because nothing matters. Nothing matters. That's not true. So, the regular season matters. You're trying to build team chemistry in the regular season, and then you get to the postseason. I, I'm not saying it matters to the players. I'm saying for the fans. I don't want to watch that shit. I don't. I don't watch it. I don't watch regular season basketball and let. let you watch. But you should watch regular season. Well, are you? But do you have a favorite basketball team? So I like the players. My favorite player is Steph Curry right now. Oh God. So. Yeah, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. Oh, God. I'm happy Durant is gone uh, because I want to see just Steph just ball. And I want to be able to use him on 2K again because it was overpowering with KD. <laughs> it was. It I was think, too much. KD's a big man. I just want them to get a really good big man. I think to be competitive again. Because uh, the other day I played them on 2K and do use the Lakers, and it was demolishment. LeBron James and, Kate and AD with the pick and roll is unstoppable. So... Uh, so you can't double them both. So, I like uh, Steph Curry, though. Got it. So moving on to our last topic. I almost forgot about it, believe it or not. I want to get into my top five quarterbacks who I think are on oh, one top five. Well, they're not overrated, but they could be. And I think this season is going to tell a lot. And I want to know what your thoughts are on these guys. So on my list, I have Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, I think, is a, it's a no-brainer. I think everybody thinks that Kirk Cousins is overrated and overpaid. Jimmy Garoppolo and Mitch Trubisky. I have a theory, Monroe, and I want you to I want you to rock with me for a second and tell me what you think about this. I think the way that the NFL has adjusted its rules, right? And I think the con- the concept and the philosophical shift in the game towards more passing has has uh, has made a general inflation of stats. Would you agree with that? So like you look at Hall of Famers that played in like the seventies or eighties, they weren't they weren't passing for like seventy percent completions. They were get I think Dan Marino's like a career fifty nine percent passer or something like that. You get what I'm going? Right, right, right. So I think now we have quarterbacks that pass at a higher clip, they complete higher because of offenses. Like you have now, you could drop back, three step drop, fire, swing pass to your running back. Your running back runs for eighty yards. It happens with Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. It pisses me off because then everybody sees the stat line. Like Mitch Trubisky was seventeen of twenty seven for three hundred some yards and two TDs. But then you look at Terry Cohen; he's got like one hundred and fifty of them and two touchdowns. Anyway, um, I think I think I think there's just been an overall inflation of the quarterback stats to the point where now you have guys who are below average putting up numbers that maybe in 1996 would be elite numbers, but they're simply not elite numbers. I think if you're a quarterback and you're not passing for really, I say 30 or more touchdowns. I think 30 is the cutoff line. I really want to say 31 or more. If you're not getting 31 or more touchdowns to me, you're not an elite quarterback because the way the position is, quarterbacks are simply throwing for more touchdowns. What say you? I think quarterbacks are throwing for more yards, more touchdowns than ever. So that's why I'm looking at guys like Mitch Trubisky and I'm saying, okay, Mitch, everybody's thinking that you're going to take that next step. You threw for 3,000 yards or 24 touchdowns this year. I don't see it. I think you're just a regular guy. I think the same thing about uh, I, and my, my beef with Carson Wentz is He's under so much pressure being that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl and then he got hurt again. And I know the city of Philadelphia is a tough city. My dad's an Eagles fan. And yeah, they love you right now, but they won the Super Bowl. You forget how, you know, Eagles fans, uh, you've been around them. They're terrible. And they won the Super Bowl, though. 
And Carson Wentz is supposed to be the guy. And usually the guy is who you draft to win the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl without the guy. So I just think there's a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz. Coming back from injury, can he play well and win a Super Bowl? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <coughs> right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, or to rank your guy. Yeah. Uh, so, number one, so I would say uh, uh, Carson Wentz. Under, the, mo- under say, the most pressure, right? Oh, oh I'm, I, I won't say under the – I'm going to say the best. He's the best of these guys? Okay. I would say so, too. I would say so, too. Carson Wentz. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins. Then Jimmy. Uh, and then who is it? Mitch? Yeah, Mitch Trubisky. And, and who was the other guy? Derek Carr. Is that one of them? Uh, yeah, Derek Jimmy Carr. Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. Then Derek Carr last. And so what I'm going to say about them individually, okay, Carson Wentz is a stud. I've watched this <sighs> Here we dude go. when I watched him against when we played him, he's like Big Ben, but has like Cam Newton speed, like as oh far as God. running ability. It's insane what he can do. What about Cam the fact that he's never, like he's not ever healthy? What about that fact? That's a huge thing. And that's why I would never go ahead and just say, oh, I'll trade golf for wins. I wouldn't do What it. about the fact that his but, team has reached the pinnacle of what there is in the NFL without him? And that he has to try to. They have gotten there without him, though. If they didn't have those home playoff games. I don't believe they would have gotten there, personally. Yeah, I mean, and Doug Peterson deserves a lot of credit. The dude can coach his fucking ass off in that okay. playoff game, man. It's okay. crazy. Um, uh, but Nick Foles did ball out. I'm not taking anything away from him either. But Carson Wentz is a stud. I think he's a top five talent in the league. He just has to get, you know, the injury thing is big. And, I mean, I, honestly, for our sake, I hope he doesn't get over it. I wow. hope he continues to get injured because he's wow. such a stud. I mean, I I don't know what else to say. I, I I mean, he's a stud. I think that we we I don't think we made a mistake passing on him because of the injury research, uh, concerns. But I think he's just a top quarterback. So I don't. Th- but the injury thing, yeah, it has validity too. So um, what do you, so what do you think Kirk about Cousins. Derek Carr? So he, last year he was four and twelve. He was thirty three eighty one completions to five fifty three attempts, sixty eight point nine completion percentage, four thousand yards. And here's my point. And here's why. I, th- I think Derek Carr is the poster boy for exactly what I'm saying. He had high completion percentage, high yards. He had 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like, come on, man. Yeah, uh, Derek Carr's whack. <laughs> and, and, and everyone knows that. He's whack as fuck. The nigga was crying mid-game. I don't care what no one <laughs> You can tell how whack of a person he is and how, how his feelings get hurt so bad. Like, when Max Kellerman came at him and he talking about see me in the ring. <laughs> people have come at Jared Goff yeah. literally all the time. And he's cool, calm, and collected every time. He's not responding to them. You know, he might get annoyed during his press conferences. I watch all his press conferences. But he's not out here on fucking Twitter trying to fight Max Kellerman. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, Derek Carr is lame. He's so lame. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm the quarterback for the – if they got anything to say about it. Like, you know, you never hear real secure – he's insecure. Yeah. You never hear secure quarterbacks talk the way he does. And for a reason, I think he has some R in talent, but I, I just don't think he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's bottom 25. Thank God. Okay, so my list is Carson Wentz is on my list only, but he might only be my on my list for the one season. Jimmy Garoppolo, it makes my list simply because he's been hurt. And in his starts, right, in the games that he's played, he's been 6-2. and two. He's got a high interceptions, 12 touchdowns, high, 
eight interceptions. He's in the he's played eight games, six and two in those eight games, twelve touchdowns, and eight interceptions. And I just think for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's show and prove. You left, you you had a little flash at the end of the season when you left New England. Um, you're supposed to be the next guy. You got a great offensive minded coach. You just called him a genius. So for Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to see it, man. And, and do you disagree with yeah, that? Do you I think-, think you will see it? Okay, J- Jimmy. He the one tape that I love the most. I don't know if you've seen this. The year that they won like seven straight, uh, they're playing the Bears, I believe, and they engineer a two minute drive. And Jimmy breaks down to each player what exact play they're going to run, what they want to do, what type of leverage they want to have. And he, he just called it out, and they did it exactly the way he said they were going to do it. It was like on a mic'd up session. I was extremely impressed. Jimmy has a great release. He gets the ball out extremely quick. Uh, sometimes his accuracy is not great, and that's why he throws the interceptions. But with Kyle Shanahan, I don't think he needs to be that accurate. And I think that they're going to run the ball good with Tevin Coleman, uh, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I mean, I think they're going to be a good team. I, I just don't think this year is their year. Um, but if he can stay healthy – you're right, and if not, then bam, man, there, there's an issue. <laughs> there's an issue there. Uh, Mitch uh, to be determined uh, is it do- to be determined with him. Uh, I, I was watching tape on him. He is just incredibly inconsistent. Yeah, when we played him. Yeah. they could have killed us, and he just kept missing throws. Like he's just inconsistent. I think that they can win big games with him, but more than likely they won't. Uh, but. I do think that, man, it's going to be tough. I, I think the Packers are going to win the division. And then, man, I, the Viking, between the Vikings and the Bears, I think that they're going to have one of the other two teams, one of those two teams. Uh, man, that that's a tough division. You know who should be on uh, my list is uh, Matthew Stafford. I, I'm so over that guy. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about him because I think he's supremely talented. And, yeah. and even Golden Tate came out and said, like, that dude is the best quarterback that I've ever played with. And mind you, he played with Russell Wilson. So, man. But he's not tough. winning games. I, I, huh? Whatever he's – nothing's this, man. I'm going to sound like a broken record. So I do watch regular season basketball. And, my, and, and I used to be a Phoenix Suns fan. I switched teams. I'm not a Suns fan anymore. But people, right. when I was a Phoenix Suns fan, people used to always tell me, like, oh, yo, man, you guys are going to be good because you got Devin Booker. He scored 70. And I'm like, okay, but where are the wins? Where are the playoff appearances? Even the eighth seed. And that's my thing about uh, Matthew Stafford. Okay, he has great arm talent. He threw for 5,000 yards with Calvin Johnson. But he doesn't play. Obviously, he's not playing winning football. There's something that he's not doing that's translating to winning. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, but 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 earlier today you pretty much talked about how the the quarterback position is pretty much just as important as every other position. I so think the quarterback position the quarterback is important. Just the guy, but you're blaming all the losses on him. No, I'm not blaming all the losses on him. My theory is my my thing is this: people t- are telling me that the quarterback is the most important position. I'm saying it is. If you have a Peyton Manning, cool. If you have a Tom Brady, cool. If you have a Patrick Mahomes, cool. I don't think. Matthew Stafford's in that class of guys, so I think he is just a guy. I think you're better off paying another, another, paying like a big time receiver and a running back or something to help him. I don't think he's a guy that you say, "Yo, Matt, if we're building this around you. The franchise is yours. Go do it." Because he's not that. He's not a leader like that. Obviously, he's not that good of a quarterback. I think obviously, he's a leader. I, I think he's a leader. So where are the wins, Monroe? Where are the wins? Look, they had wins when Calvin was healthy and when they had a decent defense. I mean, they should have beat the Cowboys, right? They, they didn't call the fucking pass interference against one of the linebackers 
It was Scherzer. You talking about the playoff game a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the Lions, I I think that Stafford's a great quarterback. I mean, I you know, I, I mean, I think he's top 15. Man, I'm not please. I'm going to go as far as to say. So he can lose year after year after year after year, and that's fine with you. I mean, it's a team game. Oh, my. Now know. it's a team game. And that's what I'm saying. Now you're, you're saying this, but I'm speaking about t- towards the people who feel like quarterback is the end-all, be-all of football. You can't win unless you right. have a great quarterback. Right. Matthew, it, if Matthew Stafford's your great quarterback, you're not going very far. Yeah, I mean, I, you're right. I mean, and, and also, their offensive line was a disaster last year. I mean, look, like it, I think he's tough as balls. I'll never forget when he had separated his shoulder and came back in the game. I guess impressions really last on me. When I see stuff like that, that mic'd up, you know, when he separated his shoulder, came back and threw a strike. I mean, the, the dude can throw, man. Okay. He had, like, what, eight or nine years of Calvin Johnson, and they had, like, one playoff appearance and zero playoff wins. Come on, man. Did they have eight or nine years? I wonder how many years he had with Calvin. He had a lot of years with Calvin Johnson. What do you mean? Was was Calvin before Stafford? Calvin was during Stafford. I know, but he. I think he drafted before Stafford, though. Let's you talking about eight or nine years. I feel like Calvin played, like, seven years. How many years did he Okay, play? okay, okay, seven years. You think it's acceptable that he played with Matt, uh, uh, Matthew Stafford played with Calvin Johnson for seven years and didn't win a chip? I mean, like I said, I'm not just gonna blame it all on all on uh, 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 Andrew to, to do it. I mean, it's a team sport. I mean, our, our defense is light, lights out, and we and we fucking lost, you know, uh, because our offense couldn't get together, and it wasn't just because golf wasn't going, line wasn't holding up, it's because our receivers weren't getting open. I mean, I don't know. I think Stafford's a good based off the eye test, based off what I see, the throws that he's made, uh, the tempest that he's shown. That's what, what I, I look at when I look at it. I don't necessarily look at direct wins or losses. I do. Uh, I look at direct wins or losses because every week, every Sunday, I'm told that quarterback is the position. You can't pay any other position. You have to pay a quarterback. You can't win this league without a quarterback. It's a passing league. And I see a whole bunch of mediocre guys getting huge contracts that don't lead their team to wins. And it makes me very upset that, like I said, a guy like Zeke, like when we started the podcast, bring it full circle to end the podcast, a guy like Zeke can't get his money, but Matthew Stafford has no problem raking in hundreds of millions of dollars. And he doesn't produce anything. But Zeke has your team on the ascent. The Cowboys are trending upward with Zeke. But yet, he has to damn hold out, go to Cabo, and make a fool out of everything to get a contract. But you'll pay Matthew Stafford, who hasn't done anything. Anything. He's got Supreme Head, Calvin Johnson. I mean, when you say he hasn't done anything, you know, he's thrown for over 5,000 yards. And what is that guy? What wins, man? Where are the wins? The wins, Monroe. I mean, the win, when it comes to wins, that's a team thing. Okay, he's part of the team. He's the CEO of the team. Yeah, I mean, it's not... If the dude is putting up numbers and they're still losing, what's that telling you? It's like the argument about, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't win the playoff game. Well, Aaron Rodgers is balling the fuck out. When but Aaron Rodgers is a poor leader, though. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers is not a good leader, though. So it, we, we can see why Aaron Rodgers doesn't win games. Points. His leadership's got nothing to do with the defense giving 45 points. Tom Brady's defense never has given up 45 points except for against what the Eagles. But yeah, I well, think, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, they've given up 45 know? points before. Tom Brady's defense, but you're right. They're not in the playoffs. You're you're right. You're right. You're right. No, I'm not arguing that. But my, yeah, you're right. I'm just saying, man. At the end of the day, you win games. I mean, Andrew Luck's defense has given up a lot of points. He still won playoff games. I just at the end of the, when you're a great quarterback and you're supposed to be the CEO and the guy and this and that, getting your chips and dips commercials. Then I want you to win games. And 
You're paying, you're paying Matt Stafford over $100 million. You're paying Kirk Cousins $80 million guaranteed. You, you're paying Andy Dalton over $100 million. And these guys are not going to lead you to championships. You're better off paying if you don't have a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees, even though I'm not big on Drew Brees, but if you don't have a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes, you're better off paying your Todd Gurley, your Le'Veon Bell, or your Zeke Elliott. And that's basically what I'm trying the to say. The is, what's the alternative, right? The alternative is developing a quarterback. So develop okay since quarterbacks just grow on trees right so uh, so I think we shouldn't pay golf right because wait 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 who said you shouldn't I don't pay golf think golf should be the top paid fucking quarterback in the NFL but that's just how the market works right <laughs> so okay we don't pay him let's bring in uh, Sean Mannion who was absolute shit absolute shit when we brought him in or we'll just draft some rookies and ruin our Super Bowl window you know what I'm saying there, there's not really an alternative the it, it's really there's really no alternative, so you got to pay those quarterbacks. And no, you so, don't. Like, you you I'm don't have no. You don't. If he's not winning, your guy's winning. You guys are playing playoff football, so that's different. Matthew Stafford doesn't have you in the playoffs. Andy Dalton by himself doesn't have you in the playoffs. Joe Flacco by himself didn't have you in the playoffs. You don't have to pay them. That's what I'm saying. No, you don't. Yes, you can pay Jared Goff because your team's NFC Championship, Super Bowl, high expectations this year. You know. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. If you're just talking about winning, winning football, but then yeah. you look at you know Trent Dilfer who gets cut after they won. The- yeah, well, because Trent Dilfer, <laughs> I mean, he's not. I mean, you know, I just, I just don't think for as much as quarterback gets hyped up and it's the glamour position. I understand all of that. It's the sexy position. You know, you're the guy, and okay. There just aren't enough good ones for us to act like you have to pay every single quarterback $40 million. Every single quarterback that can get you three, 4,000 yards and 20 touchdowns doesn't need to get $30 million. So, so the way I think they should restructure the CBA uh, real quick is like the NBA with these max contracts. Exactly. Or, or like some type of some type of scale. Yeah. Like, you have to hit this many all pros to make this, many mo- this much money. Exactly. Yes. You got to get this. You got to get that. That's what I truly believe it should be. You sh- you can't just have these quarterbacks leapfrogging and continuously resetting the market. You I agree because then you can't pay anybody else. Pro. You can't pay your running back, your stud running back. Exactly. You can't pay your stud defensive tackle or your stud linebackers. And you need all those guys to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why they, they have to change the whole way they do it. They I agree. They need to change it to make it similar to the NBA. I agree. I agree. But anyway, thank you for listening to the Demo Tape Podcast. The podcast is, we try to, I try to do it a couple of times a week. You can find the Demo Tape on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. After you subscribe, please rate and review me. I want to know what you all think of the show. Remember, it's not hating if it's the truth. Yo, Monroe, man, I want to have you back. Say you'll come back. Yeah, yeah, I'll be back. All right, man. Until next time, y'all. Uh, peace. <laughs>